I'd love to see a fixing factory on every high street and a partnership with every waste facility or authority across the country to be able to fix more items. You can take your broken thing, you can stroll down, you can have a cup of tea with people, you can fix things or get things fixed, and that will just be commonplace. Welcome to Restart Radio. I'm Dave Pickering and I make a monthly podcast for the Restart Project. The Restart Project is a London-based charity and social enterprise whose mission is to spark reflection and change in our relationship with gadgets. Last month saw the opening of Camden Fixing Factory, a day that we've been looking forward to for quite some time. So for this month's episode of the Restart Project podcast, we return to this exciting project that has already built up so much interest in fixing. The Fixing Factory's pilot is a collaboration between the Restart Project and Possible and is funded by the National Lottery Community Fund. For this episode, I spoke to the people delivering the Fixing Factories. Shalini Kotecha tells us about the development of Brent Fixing Factory since spring and Dermot Jones tells us about what we can look forward to at the new Camden location. Hi, I'm Shalini. I am the London Network Coordinator for the Restart Project and I will also work on the Fixing Factories project. I am mainly based at the Brent site. Hi, I'm Dermot and I'm the Camden Fixing Factory Project Manager, which is a very boring title for a very exciting job. And I'm based at the Queen's Crescent Fixing Factory in West Kentish Town, responsible for setting that up, which we'll get to later. We've discussed the Fixing Factory project before on the show, but for anyone who doesn't know, what is a Fixing Factory and what is the main aim of this project? So... A fixing factory is essentially a permanent hub for repair, which is embedded within the community. It's a similar concept to like existing community repair events like restart parties and repair cafes, but with more of a permanent presence because it's got a permanent location and is open every single week. Our obvious aim is to make electronics last longer, to prevent e-waste and the huge amount of carbon emissions created in producing and transporting new items. We have two fixing factories, both of them serve different purposes and operate in different ways ways but perform essentially the same function by supporting the local communities and shouting about repair. The Brent Fixing Factory is on a recycling centre and the Camden slash Queen's Crescent Fixing Factory is in a high street space and by the end of this project we'll have a blueprint created for the best ways to run a project like this in both types of locations. Great I mean it's so exciting what you're doing it's kind of almost scientific like let's discover the best ways of doing this and then we can iterate that out to the rest of the world or people can do that independently using the knowledge that you guys are gathering so it's very exciting the camden site launched last week how was that experience oh it was a blast yeah it was a lot of fun Uh, we decided to hold it outside which is risky at this time of year but we got a regular alfresco fixing session on a thursday so we thought we'll just hold the regular session and we'll do the launch at the same time it was a lot of fun we had the mayor of camden come and cut the ribbon well of course it was an electrical cord we couldn't use a real ribbon could we on a thing like this we got food from local businesses and residents also brought along stuff we had a fantastic homemade fruit cake and hummus and we also fixed a few things it was great to 
to gather people who are locally interested and local councillors and then people from all the allied organisations. So it was a really wonderful gathering and it basically just marks the beginning of what we're going to do. So it was joyful. That sounds great. I mean, and a very appropriate thing for the Restart Project. Start things with a party, getting the community connected in that kind of way seems so important in these kind of things. So what kinds of activities will be going on at the Camden Fixing Factory? Well, we're going to do regular community fixing. So every Thursday morning, we have what we call Don't Throw It Thursday, which to anyone who's been to a restart party, you'd absolutely recognise it. So it's sitting with people who bring their broken items along and repairing it with them. So that's every week we do that. And we're calling out for more volunteers if anyone wants to get involved. But we're also going to experiment with other things. We're going to experiment with offering repair as a service. So people bring stuff and we will charge them for repairs. So on top of that, we want to experiment with retailing, see if we can change the narrative around reselling old electricals. As you kind of said at the top, this is experimental. So we don't know, can you take a 1999 toaster, refurbish it and sell it for any meaningful amount of money that can go back into the project? So we don't know yet. We've got various ideas around redecorating, like upgrading them. We've got this idea of the graffiti toaster. So if we can take a low value consumer item, something that you normally spend 15 or 20 quid for, refurbish it, get it working, get it safe, and then add some sort of creative touch to it, maybe we can make it a more valuable and more desirable item. So instead of it just being worthy that you're taking into your home, something that's been repaired because you're saving it from landfill, maybe you're going to get something that's unique and is a proud part of your home. That's a really nice idea. I like that. That sounds great. It's interesting, like, we often think of fixing, yeah, as a worthy thing rather than as a creative thing. And it's really good to combine those two things together. That's exciting. So you mentioned that people can get involved at Camden Fixing Factory and that you're looking for people. How can they get involved and what kind of people do you want and all of that stuff? There's quite a wide range of opportunities for getting involved. So, of course, we're looking for people to fix things, but we're also looking for people to get involved on the artistic side. There's going to be community organising. We've got a workshop to run. So we've got a lot of admin. So there's quite a wide range of opportunities to get involved around that because what we're basically building is a community around a premises. So if you're interested in fixing, you don't have to have any prior experience. You can get involved and you can work alongside experienced fixers and build up your knowledge and skills that way. If you're a high-end electronics engineer, that's fantastic. We really want you along as well because you've got so much to give. But you also will learn stuff because even if you've got a degree in electronics, once you start taking apart a toaster or a kettle or a hair straightener or whatever, you'll start learning things you didn't know about. You'll start to be intrigued by the design choices made by manufacturers so there's a lot of opportunities for people to get involved and upskill and share skills we're totally open for anyone who's got that enthusiasm to learn we're really aware that there are a lot of embedded skills in the older generation so the generation that grew up with make do and mend and maybe retired now and maybe have hung up their tools but they grew up being able to take apart their consumer goods and fix them and they probably come to the conclusion that nowadays the electronics is too small the things are too hard to get into and they probably shelve that thought we want to reach to some of them and say you know actually it's not changed that much it's harder to get in some of the electronics is smaller but all the principles of operation are exactly the same so we're really welcoming people to to come back bring those skills back and share them with the younger generation and rekindle that urge to make do and mend one of the other things that we're doing at Queen's Crescent Fixing Factory is we started a repair club. 
So this is an evening club where people who are interested in fixing of all levels, from electronics engineers to complete beginner. If you're enthusiastic about repair as a longer term activity, you can come along. It's not really public facing. You can come along, you can bring stuff of your own to fix. You can have a go at some of the abandoned things that we find. We find plenty of abandoned toasters and appliances all over the place. They don't belong to anyone. So if you want to come and fix those without worrying about breaking them, they're ideal for a beginner. But it's also being in a room where you've got such a breadth of talent and skills and knowledge. You know, you're trying to fix something, you're trying to get into something, you just call across the room and someone will say, ah, try this or try that. We see that as a really good way of bringing on new fixes. It also means if someone's at one of the Thursday community fixing events and we need parts or the repair is longer or more technical, that we can say, okay, we're going to keep that and we're going to find someone on the repair club who wants to have a go at it. And if we can, we'll do a deeper dive and we can do some different sort of fixes. So it means we can, again, be more experimental if we want to take apart a printed circuit board and see if we can rebuild it we've got the scope to do that to order parts and people are getting into that kind of thing as well i guess it's going to be exciting to get involved because it's an experiment too so people who get involved will be helping to shape that experiment and coming up with other dimensions to the work that you're doing that you know you can't anticipate in advance of meeting them and connecting with them and finding out what they bring to the table yeah absolutely right this is one of the reasons we left our offer quite vague We basically say, we're a fixing factory. What do you want to fix? What have you got? And that means people can bring things along and we'll try and fix them. We haven't said no to anything yet. So if someone brings it along, we will have a go. And we're really open to new ideas and innovation. It's really experimental and we really want to encourage people. So they don't turn up and think everything has been decided. Absolutely not, you know, even from the layout of the workshop. We've done a a first iteration. People who come along are welcome to come and have better ideas and improve the systems as they go. So I think it's going to go really organically. The Brent Fixing Factory location has been open since April. How has that been going? Yeah, it's been going really well. So at the Brent site, we've been busy saving laptops from the e-waste stream and then refurbishing them and redistributing them to people and organisations without access to tech. We spent a lot of time figuring out and refining the process for getting laptops which were thought to be junk to donation ready and we have a process now which seems to work which is a huge achievement to get to that stage though just as in Camden and I guess the fixing factory project in general we've been taking a lot of advice from volunteers and using their expertise to shape the project and get it to where it is now it wouldn't be where it is without their help. The whole operation has been almost completely volunteer driven. We have one coordinator on site, but apart from that, it's been led by volunteers. So as you can imagine, we've met some really great people during this journey and built like a really nice volunteer team. One of the aims for the Fixing Factory is to get young people involved in repairs. So a lot of our volunteers have been students from local universities looking to get hands-on experience or people completing work placements with us. So it's been really nice to have younger people involved in repair because usually the demographic for these things is different. So far we've saved and are working on around 250 laptops which is about the equivalent of 3,718 kilograms of prevented carbon emissions which is a lot. We've been running monthly repair sessions called Dr Laptop across the borough where people can bring 
along their laptops to get repaired or get repair advice. The sessions have gained a lot of traction from when we first started them and we've decided to hold them now in libraries as they're easier for people in the community to get to rather than the fixing factory. It helps kind of bring us more into the community and it's definitely helped get the word out there for us. Over the past three months we've held three sessions and supported 40 people, including the founder of my favourite local radio station, which was quite cool. We also ran like a laptop maintenance session workshop, which was really popular. And I can see a lot more scope for these types of events as the project grows. Repair doesn't come without maintenance. I think those things go really hand in hand, teaching people those skills to keep their devices running for longer before they end up at the recycling centre. Unfortunately, in August, our project partners for the Brent site, Ready Tech Go, had to take a step back because of limitations to their capacity, but we hope to work with them again in the future. That sounds similarly exciting, similarly successful. It sounds like you've had a kind of learning curve and you've like worked out some stuff. It makes a lot of sense to bring stuff into the communities. I mean, that's what restart parties are all about in the first place. And as someone who's worked in libraries, I can see how libraries are so valuable as spaces for the community in ways that people don't always think about. Books are almost the least that libraries do these days. So do you have any success stories so far from your time in the Brent Fixing Factory? Yeah, I'd say every donation we've made has been a success story. Through the project, we've been able to help so many people and some organisations as well. So far, we've given away around 20 devices. People who've been referred to us to be able to receive the device come through like applications from social workers who are supporting families or individuals who don't have access to tech or device to do things like complete their homework or do their schooling in another country because they've come over as refugees or apply for jobs or continue their further education. We've also had other opportunities come off the back of this project, which is really exciting. A manufacturer has approached us about collaborating on a white goods fixing factory project so keep an eye out for that one in the future too that's so needed as well i think like white goods are so hard to sort out on your own independently personally and so that's great that you're getting involved with white goods So what have you learned from the work that you're doing in Brent that can be applied to the Camden location? I think what we've learned the most is how incredibly different both the sites are and the fact that the Brent site's based on a waste facility versus a high street facility brings so many different challenges and opportunities. I mean, we're going to basically copy and paste your laptop renovation systems. The processes that you've developed and sort of seeing the way you've streamlined it and kind of under some of the teething problems you've gone through, we can kind of like jump straight to the end of that, which is really valuable for us. It's interesting because the projects are about developing models and templates for further projects. And we're immediately able to just take one from the first part of our own project. I think that's really neat. Also, watching the model of how Brent Fixing Factory interacts with the local waste authority is something we really want to emulate. And we're also able to say, look, to our local waste authority, look what they're doing over in Brent. 
we can take them there, but you can show pictures of the laptop collection booths and say, well, can we have one of those? But for consumer goods, and it's something palpable you can point to. And I think that's going to be really interesting in the rollout, showing people real world examples of things. So that's been really useful for us. But yeah, otherwise, they are really, really different. I mean, we're, we're showing the power of getting volunteers. And I think we're going to cross fertilize how we keep volunteers motivated and interested and engaged. And I think that's going to be a learning to a sort of a pollination process i think what we have learned from the brent site which is replicable at the camden site is the value of partnering with a waste authority it's so invaluable to make a project like this last is to get like the items straight from the source for no cost and if we're going to make this project sustainable funding wise that is the way forward it seems like such a really good model to be setting up in different locations that have very different kind of conditions and and circumstances like all communities all spaces have their specificity and it's really important to focus on that but you've also able to pull all of the knowledge that you're learning from these different spaces like you're getting the best of both worlds so i think when we present our models or model sometime next year when we have a model we think is replicable i think we'll be saying this is what worked for us and what really worked was being in there being with the community and listening constantly who comes along and letting it form organically around that so even though we'll have processes and we'll have a what worked i think the message will go with it it's all about the people who are there the people who get involved the community that you're in if you're in there with the community and you're slowly developing those relationships, you've got a much better chance of working, much better chance of people owning it. People who come along to volunteer at the Queen's Crescent Fixing Factory, they don't come and say to me, Dermot, you could do this, you could do that. They're always saying, shall we do this? Shall we do that? As soon as I hear them saying that, I think, OK, that's exactly it. You know, they feel that it's their place. Right. They're not making demands. They're coming with ideas that they also want to be part of creating. And that's so important. We've got one of the volunteers who's been sending me messages this week, but he's developing a really good idea. He came along as a volunteer and he came along to one of our early sessions and he sat with someone and together they opened his laptop. And he said he'd been terrified of opening a laptop up till now. And then when he was at the launch, he was witnessing people opening laptops and he was helping other people open laptops and he's just kind of crunched through this idea of how intimidating it is for people so he's got a really neat thing that we're going to trial around that so watch this space (laughs) that sounds very exciting it is a kind of almost universal fear i think of opening a a laptop i think because we're so dependent on them that we're so terrified of destroying them but it's essential to be able to open our laptops because we use them all the time we need to know how they work and how they function i was terrified when somebody else opened up my laptop for me a long time ago and yeah that was the start of like getting a bit more control over my relationship with technology Do you both have like favourite stories about what's happened at fixing factories? I have so many to choose from, so I'll go for just two. We had these two German students come to do some work experience with us a little while back during the summer and they gave some feedback afterwards unprompted which was lovely and he basically said that he had a really nice time gaining hands-on experience which was like really good for his educational and then career development he also said the experience made him come out of his shell a lot more and gain like a lot of confidence because he got to talk with people that he wouldn't usually interact with at home and it got to like break up his routine so that was really nice to see how the project can have that kind of social value and then the other story is we had a 
lady come to us at one of our first doctor laptop sessions with a laptop that was just completely beyond repair couldn't do anything with it she'd gone to a repair shop and the person had damaged it more and taken a lot of money for doing that and she was frustrated because she's a carer and she doesn't have enough money to buy a new one so we managed to get her a new device and she came to collect it a few weeks ago and she told us that it would help her and her family because her daughter is attending college and she needs a laptop to be able to take in and work during her classes and join in in zoom calls and she got back to us afterwards and told us that she's decided to do a further education course and get like an it course because of the laptop which was like a really nice story that's lovely and david do you have any favorite stories we ran this laptop diagnosis and repair course with our training partners mayor it that was back in june and that took 11 young people from basically brent and camden but we took a few from a little bit further afield and put them through a deep dive into pc maintenance and repair and now we have two of those young people that are regular volunteers with us and i think it's just really nice they kind of got sourced via local youth groups and newsletters and networks they got grabbed in they got put through an intensive course they put through work experience and now they regularly turn up and yeah they're really developing and so that's Guled and Mona and Mona had not really done much she would been interested in software at school and then been put off it and then not had a chance at work and then now she's just a regular fixer and she said a really nice thing I was showing her through opening up a hairdryer with someone who brought it along and she just turned to me and she said you've got the best job in the world haven't you I thought we're only opening up a hairdryer, but she just found it so fascinating to get in there, see what was going on, talk through how it works and why it's not working. And I just thought, you know, that, that's it's kind of delightful. That's really lovely. I mean, and that's one of the things that I guess that's coming out from what you've both been saying is the kind of intergenerational nature of fixing factories you were saying Dermot that you were trying to kind of reach out to the older generations but you've also got this story of younger generations and there's certainly a lot of like younger generational stuff that you were talking about Shalini and that's like it's great to share these knowledges cross-generationally and to kind of come together cross-generationally which is kind of quite rare at this moment in time it feels like there's quite a lot of conflict between generations and uh, it's good that we're kind of like showing a way of approaching this that is collaborative, coming together, sharing knowledge, sharing inspiration from each other. A lot of people see the older generation as in need of help around tech. You know, that they need to, someone needs to help them get on emails and stuff like that, which may well be true, but they've also got a lot of, of embedded knowledge, a lot of mechanical engineering, electronics knowledge and all sorts of skills. So we see that as a really great opportunity for a Skillshare, cross-trade. So they can come along, they can learn stuff and they can share. So we always ask people when they turn up if they got any other kind of skills and we're kind of like looking to make those connections with people yeah that's really cool so what's next what do you hope to see with the fixing factories going forwards into the future i'd love to see a fixing factory on every high street and a partnership with every waste facility or authority across the country to be able to fix more items i'd love the word fixing factory to be like a buzzword for like a community repair hub well you think you just said it all <laughs> yeah yeah I, I like there to be some sort of fixing factory or a version of it within 10 minutes walk of wherever you live you can take your broken thing, you can stroll down, you can have a cup of tea with people, you can fix things or get things fixed. And that will just be commonplace. It won't be this surprising, shiny new thing that we're doing now. It'll just be, oh yeah, the fixing factory. But it will still be fun. 
<laughs> and that's great i would love that too i mean that is generally the problem when you start to want to fix your technology and you start to get a little bit of knowledge but you need some support outside of places where there are restart parties happening i used to live in london there was lots of restart parties. Now I live in Lancaster. There is much less in terms of those resources. And so it would be lovely to have a fixing factory in Lancaster or other places within the UK that find it hard to find that community support to help them to mend their own stuff or community support to mend the stuff that they can't mend, you know, that are beyond their skills. So is there anything that I should have asked you or that you'd like to say or emphasize or like bring up that you haven't mentioned in this conversation so far? So we are also looking for more volunteers at the Brent Fixing Factory as always. And you don't need to be a laptop expert to know how to fix laptops. Like we've written some guides and Mario, our coordinator, is a really great teacher and can help support people who would like to learn more about repairing laptops. And because it's not yours, you can just come and have a go. And if it breaks, then well, it probably was already broken. So it's fine. If you want to read more about what we've both been up to, you could check out our website, fixingfactory.org. And we've also got our contact email address, which is hello at fixingfactory.org. And either Dermot or I will pick that up and you can get in touch if you'd like to know any more information or how you can get involved. We'd love to hear from you. There is clearly so much scope for growth and success within the Fixing Factory project, and we can't wait to see how it develops further in its two distinct iterations. It's a great chance to bring repair to the public, young and old, experienced or amateurs, and to aid the community in skill sharing. I'm sure we'll hear from Shalini and Derma again in the coming months as the project develops, and I hope that perhaps one day their dream of having fixing factories nationwide will become a reality. Restart Radio is a show aired on Resonance 104.4 FM and a monthly podcast uploaded to the Restart Project website and found wherever you get your podcasts. As with all episodes of Restart Radio, we'll include links with background information to all of the issues and stories discussed over at the restartproject.org where we've also set up a fundraiser. So if you've enjoyed this episode, do make sure that you donate there to help to fund the future of the podcast. The music that you've heard in today's episode was made with lasers and repurposed electronics and is a collaboration between Opto Noise and Cassini Sound. And big thanks to Restart's communications producer, Holly, who does the research and the planning for the podcast. And now it's time to pack up the equipment and say goodbye to each other. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>